Welcome to Savage and Average, episode 11, I think. Not really sure who really gives a shit. I am your host, Matt McChesney. My man, Travis Jones, is producing this bitch today, uh, as always. Uh, remember, you can go anywhere uh, on YouTube and type in uh, Six Zero Football Academy or Savage and Average to pick up all the information we're doing on YouTube. Uh, and watch the show, obviously. Uh, also, follow up all the uh, different handles at Sixer Academy uh, on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. TikTok is blowing up right now, so make sure you follow all those avenues as well as Savage and Average, uh, the new podcast page on uh, Twitter. Uh, everybody, make sure you follow the Twitter pages uh, at Sixer Academy and Savage and Average as the old ones got hacked and deleted, which is a real pain in my ass, but it is what it is. Uh, like I said, we are rolling today. Uh, week three of the National Football League uh, is on and popping with Thursday night coming up. And I'm excited now to bring in uh, my brother from another mother and a good friend of mine. And I've been on his show a ton, and this is his first time on ours. Uh, but you know him from uh, Netflix, uh, Last, Last Chance You, and so much more. Uh, the great coach, Jason Brown, joins us. Hey, 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 what up, JP? How you doing, I got good. You. How you doing? You. What's up, man? Appreciate you having me. Yeah, man. Today's a good day. All right. So <clears throat> let's get straight into this shit, dog. Uh, college football. Uh, my man Travis is gonna gonna be uh, you know kicking us in the right direction uh, as we go here today on Savage and Average as we did last week. Um, and let's get right into it. All right. College football. Another good week of college football. Some crazy ass games. But you. But uh, really, what the kicker was for me was. All these guys getting fucking fired. So, Travis, let's go to work. Hey, so it looked like uh, Coach Herm at ASU got fired on the field. I mean, uh, uh, from what I saw, um, leadership there at ASU met him on the field as he was coming off. And uh, so what what are your thoughts on that? What what do you think of how that went down? Yeah, I showed a video video of it on my show. I got some little inside sources there. So I got, I kind of got some, I'm not going to put anybody out there, but uh, I got some good friends there that are pretty powerful. They, uh, they told me what happened and uh, kudos to Herm for, for doing what he did from what I was told. So the video you see, um, he walks over there. They're basically telling him, will you come into the room, into the office with us? And he's like, he's like, I've been doing this too long, man. What's going on? Is it over? And Herm put him on the spot. And then, then you see kind of both of them put their arms around Herm a little bit. And then Herm grabbed one of their arms, if you look closely, and was like, uh, apparently I heard he said a few expletives and said, uh, and said, uh, listen, man, I'll pack my shit. And uh, next time, give me a call instead of doing it in front of my fucking family and friends. So that's what I heard happen. Yeah, I, I mean, it's pretty low class to do it in the end zone like that. At least let the man go home and sleep off a loss. They just lost to Eastern Michigan. It's a bad loss at home. They had a ton of guys at the transfer portal. He had a look. He had a scandal during COVID. But anything the NCAA comes down on people now for, I think it's a fucking joke. The NCAA needs to go away. The, a scandal because you brought guys into the facility during COVID. Give me a fucking break. So you know, I know a lot of his coaches got fired or had to resign because of it. Look, I, I love Herm, man. He was my coach when I was a rookie. He was the guy that gave me opportunity to play. Um, he's an equal opportunity, you know, lender there as a head coach. If you can ball, you're going to ball. And I, I thought it was really dirty how they did him. Like, it, and that's supposed to be his, his boy too, right, Jay? Like, it isn't isn't the AD Parker and Herm like like this? Well, I'm pretty sure they hired him because they're friends. 
it's very similar to like the CU situation. Rick George hired Carl Durrell because they're boys. I mean, this is – I don't really think that ever works out very well. See, the brother that was talking to him, that's his boy. You see the white yeah. dude that kind of doesn't engage with anybody, that's the boss. And that ah. is like, okay, you can see they're kind of standoffish. If, looking at it a few different times from different angles, I was just like, that's crazy right there. Like the, the, the white guy who's the boss boss is basically saying, listen, I'm the CEO of the, to the president. I'm, we're we're going to get this thing done. You want to walk with us? Like, like, hold on. Why don't you fucking call me? Um, and there's a lot more in-depth shit going on than just the COVID deal. Uh, they were coming down on her. I heard he was extremely stressed out. I heard that this is going to be a huge, huge gauntlet being dropped on the program that may set them back four or five years uh, as far as bowl games, scholarships, et cetera, which is total horseshit. Well, yeah, like of, uh, recruiting things. And I had three players that former players that are actually were coaches there. Um, two GAs, one actual was the DB coach who played for me, who's now gone. And he's at IMG Academy, uh, believe it or not. He, uh, they were just like, dude, it's a shit show. It's, it's actually just, they're so, uh, they're so up our ass because of Antonio Pierce and a bunch of other shit that happened with the QB situation, Jaden Daniels and uh, all that. They're just turning over every fucking rock to find out a way to, to really set Arizona State back. And I don't know why, but I've even heard Phil Mickelson. I'm good friends with Pat Perez, obviously, uh, live golfer. Um, they're all ASU alum. And I've heard even Phil is getting involved with some things, um, trying to throw some names in the hat, like we need to go after Lane Kiffin. That's just you've heard it first right here. Damn, when, I don't know if Lane would leave the SEC West for the Pac-12, but they hate shit, man. Arizona State's not afraid either. to spend money. I think that was a decent thought before USC and UCLA left. I don't think he would ever even fucking think about it now. I mean, do you do you think that with UCLA and USC leaving, that Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, CU end up in the Big Twelve? Yeah, so do I. That's a different topic for a different day. We're obviously going to talk a lot of college football today. But, look, Arizona State, they are not afraid to spend money. Uh, Herm got done dirty. You know, and it's just a kind of a fucked-up tenure anyway, you know, the COVID in the middle of it. And then, look, let's go full circle back to the NCAA here. Hey, before, with, I cut, with, before that, before let me cut you off. Let me answer this for me real quick because I think yeah. your, your fans would like to hear it. You played for Herm. I had a yep. bunch of coaches. I had a bunch of coaches there with Herm at Arizona State when he got the job. And we're at the AFCA convention, year one of Herm's tenure. Uh, right, he's only been there, you know, a, a little while. And I'm already hearing these young coaches sucking their teeth, bitching like bitches, dog. And I'm like, you're at Arizona fucking State, and you're bitching about your head coach who fucking hired you. And I straight told them straight out because they played for me, and I was like. You got to be fucking out of your mind. This is the generation we got. They could not handle a structured environment. And I had a couple of buddies coach for him that left there and said, Herm's a different cat and all that. Whatever. I don't know Herm. I don't know the deal. All I know is he brought in an NFL mentality, which a lot of people don't think can translate to college. And I don't believe college can translate to the NFL. We both know it goes both ways. Urban Meyer, yep. Saban, et cetera. So uh, what do you think, man? Do you think that his uh, his rigor was too much for college, or he was just too uh, he was just too finite, detailed for for college uh, coaches? Uh, probably a little bit of both, but also Herm is Herm is a motivator 
of grown men. Like he, he's not there to, he, I think he probably had a hard time trying to motivate 18, 19, 20, 21 year old kids and coach, as a grown man, as a grown man in the NFL, it was very easy for me to be motivated by Herm because all I needed was opportunity. Like I know I'm there at Arizona state. It's you know, Sam Jones is a, 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 one of the longtime dungeon family. He was a draft pick at Arizona state. He left right before Herm came in. And all he ever heard was that there was a lot of butting of the heads, like you said, with the coaching with like Herm and Antonio. And he had, he had Kevin Mawai there for a long time. They had a lot Mark of NFL dudes in the room. Yeah. They had dudes everywhere. And I would look at that. I looked at it as an evaluator as like, man, I want to get guys to Arizona state. I want them to go play for coach Herm. I want them to go play and develop under Mawai. I want the and like we had a bunch of guys offered by him. Nobody actually went to Arizona State out of that group, but a bunch of offers. And I always loved the way Herm did business. And I agree with you. This generation has a hard time with structure. They have a hard time with with you know fucking coaches who have a standard. And I think he kind of got a little bit of a bad rap because he's a non. He's no bullshit. Like he's he's used to being able to say to a kid, "Do your job or you're cut." And you can't, you couldn't do that up to that point at Arizona State. Although I'm interested to hear like what actually comes out of these these NCAA restrictions or violations, because the NCAA, I don't think they have a leg to stand on anymore now with the NIL. So would this still be what they, whatever they did, would it still be legal now? I, I I know I don't know, and I heard I heard he struggled. I heard he struggled in the recruiting process. Like I. I heard that he just did not he did not want to go into a home and talk to your mom. And that's the NFL translation piece. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You don't want to he go. He wanted everybody to go to him. That is yeah. that's facts. Yeah, that's you're not facts. going to speak to these mamas all over the country. He's like, fuck, I got to fly out of the country and fucking recruit this kid's mom who's now going to get a bigger bag from Alabama anyway. Why am I going to exactly. waste my fucking time? Yes, and then that's that's kind of the problem with a lot of these NFL guys that go back to college football and call Darrell's a perfect example of that too at CU where they're not – they're used to the fucking GM and the personnel director bringing players in. Now they've got to go out and be like – if the head coach is not the point of the spear in recruiting, you're never going to get anything done, in my personal opinion. Uh, and I, I, this is just going off of, you know, uh, 15, that's 15 years of placing players. So 100% coach. I mean, if you are my O-line coach and I'm the head coach and I don't speak to the number one O-tackle you're recruiting, do you think we're going to get them? No, fuck no, we're not going to get his ass. Not a shot. Cats think there's these go-getters out here, these assistants that are going to get the guys. No, you're not. Because if the head coach don't finalize the deal, they still got to come play for that guy who can leave in a year and go take another job. They're going to want to meet that guy many times. And that's why Chip Kelly didn't get Jermaine Johnson, who's now a first-rounder at UCLA. He fucking refused to meet Jermaine. You got to be shitting me. And you want to be so shitty. And it, it happens constantly. We've had this just this last year, you know, we, we had, we set up several interviews for players at, at local schools and coaches don't even show up to, to the, the sit downs with the parents and, and the athletes. And I'm not going to name names, but just, you know, fucking do the math. All right. Next T-Bone, what we got. So, uh, you know, keep it in the theme of, uh, head coaches, uh, getting the, uh, the ax here, Nebraska going through that as well. With, uh, you know, Frost gone, they've announced their three coaching targets with Matt Campbell, um, Lance uh, <clears throat> Leopold, and Bill O'Brien. Uh, who do you guys think is the better fit out of those three? 
Look, I, I think that Leopold, what's he's, what he's done at Kansas is nice, he's, but he's only 3-0. and I'm not going to sit there and act like he's rewriting the, rewriting the book. Matt Campbell, that would be a huge gift for Nebraska, but I don't know why he would take that job. Uh, there's so much pressure. He could stay at, at, at Iowa State for the next 30 years if he wants to. <laughs> I love you put up – Jace, Coach Jace put up this. I love him. We're going to talk about yeah, that. They're, they're, fucking, they're fucking blowing me up like I'm fucking. Dude, Will, Will Compton, I know he's your boy, but like, look, on a serious note, I, I really doubt that University of Nebraska would go down that road, especially when they've got a name like fucking Bill O'Brien on their list. Now, now look, Bill, if they want to take Bill O'Brien and put make him the head coach in Nebraska, like, they when I was, when I was playing against Nebraska back in the day when I was at CU, they hired Bill Callahan and that was the beginning of the fucking end when they hired, when they fired Solich and hired Bill Callahan because he was not a college coach at all. He got rid of the walk-on program. It was a joke. And then since then they've been recycling coaches, trying to find that Nebraska mystique. The other two guys make sense. They're college coaches. They've shown they can build, but I, I don't know the answer to this question, man. I'm sure that there's Nebraska people that want, you know, Joseph's to stay and there's Nebraska. And I know that Will wants to hire coach Jace and, and look, that might be a good fucking, that might be a good idea considering they've got such a developmental problem and they can't fucking recruit. So I, I don't know the answer to this question, man. Out of those three, I'd say Matt Campbell's probably the best fit of the three. Um, the thing is the thing I, I got it. Bill O'Brien is a bandaid on a bullet wound. Yeah. And you got it. You're, you're taking a guy who needs to be a head coach for his reputation and resume, not for Nebraska's culture and rebuild. He needs to be there. He doesn't want to be there. He'll leave too, bro. You know yeah, it. He's leaving. Just like Urban Meyer and all these big names. They're not, they don't, they don't want to be there. They need to be there to go back to the Ohio States of the world. So they're going to make another fucking dumb hire. Now they're going to make some fucking splash hire a commercialized guy who doesn't want to be there. He's going to be there in a year and gone and Nebraska's back to shit again. And the, the hire to me is Lance Leopold. I know him very well. He is a structured guy who doesn't abuse the portal, but he uses it accordingly. And he is a guy that has built a culture in a year. I told Everybody, KU is going to go win seven. Everyone thought I was crazy. They're three and zero. They're going to be five and zero before it's all said and done. Um, they have a three hundred million dollar football facility going into KU, which is number one right now across the landscape of college football. I'm sure people will beat that eventually because they they're just throwing money in there because I think they want to do it right. And I think Lance would be a fool. Actually, I hate to call him a fool. He's a great mentor and coach to leave. That right now, I don't think Nebraska is a better job than KU is right now. Oh my God, no, the University of Nebraska is not a better job than Kansas. Because listen, Matt, think about this conversation. You're gonna, you just built two years of KU to where you're three and zero. They haven't been yep. fucking three and zero in twenty years. Oh, so, they were three and twenty-seven in their last thirty. All right, so you just got this thing like you just put all this into it. Now you want to leave that to go to the. Lincoln mystique of it all, which is that's what it is. It ain't what it was. And no, it's just a sellout. That's all. So I'm going to go there and do this over again and not know what I have. Do I have full autonomy? Because I'm sure he's going to call pe people and say, hey, coach, what's going on? Well, from what I've heard, and this is coming from some inside people in Nebraska, 
It is half, fuck you, we don't care, you do it my way. And the other half is like, okay, coach, go ahead, you can have some what? Free reign. So if it's not full autonomy like he has at KU right now. Then why leave? Why leave? And you know, and that's the same thing with Matt Iowa. Campbell. Why would he leave Iowa State? Like Matt Campbell's built that play. Look, man, Iowa State used to be in my division and they were a joke. Without Seneca Wallace, they were, and they had saved Rosenfeld, Seneca Wallace, and after that, they were. Yeah. So, Seneca Wallace, Sacramento's junior college kid. That's a bad motherfucker right there now. But I mean, Matt Campbell, why would he leave Iowa State for Nebraska? That's not a, Nebraska's not a better job than Iowa State either. Because. He he's a younger cat that has no options, in my opinion. He either leaves now or he's stuck for life. Or he stays at Iowa State. He ends up going down in two years. If he loses again, he ends up getting fired and going. He's going to be at Northern Iowa in in (laughs) two years. So so my thing is he he is young enough to go. Lance is like, you know what? I, I was at Wisconsin Whitewater D3. I take the Buffalo job, turn them around. Who's a shithole? I get a first-round NFL guy to come to Buffalo, and then now I take this KU job in a big-time conference, and I'm turning them already. Do I want to take the leap to Nebraska? And, and, then, and then knowing I can't beat Penn State, Michigan, or Ohio State, I'm going to be fired anyway, even if I win nine or ten games, going back to their history of Frank Solis, Bo Pelini, who've won nine and ten games and got fired because they couldn't beat Wisconsin in the conference title game. So – be careful what you wish for, Nebraska, because I bet you wish you had fucking Pelini and Solich again now. I bet they do. That man, I remember they fired Frank Solich after he won 11 games, and I was oh. in college, and I was like, wow, that's fucking crazy. But, hey, so so look, Travis, uh, don't worry about the Oklahoma-Oklahoma State question. Go straight to CSU or uh, straight to CU because I want to wrap that into this Nebraska talk too. Yeah, so, you know, CU is, uh, is really, you know, they're, they're lost. Um, the worst power five program in the country. Period. Yeah. I mean, it's, they take a big L from Minnesota this past weekend, 49 to seven, where they just totally got dominated. Rick George comes out, basically says, sorry. Did you see that letter? And sends out, sends out the letter. And, and it's gotta be just because right now before January, the buyout is 11 mil drops to seven mil after January. But uh, I mean, what, see, is, see what is you going on there? that letter? Yeah, see if you can find that letter, because I don't know if Jason's seen it, and just if we can read it when you find it. But, hey, so look, and I, I bring this up for this simple reason, okay? Obviously, my program and my alma mater has fallen to the depths, and I, it's bad. And you said something about Nebraska. I, I care for what you wish for, Nebraska. And we've talked about this at length, uh, you know, just by text message and, and on the phone. But CU and Nebraska back in the day pretty much ran the division. Kansas State was in there every now and then, but Missouri and Iowa State, they never fucking sniffed the the Big 12 title game while that division and conference was there. Do you think that Nebraska and Colorado like severely regret the money jump here, Coach? Because th- this shit is – I mean, I, I'm, I'm dumbfounded on what they need to do to fix this. Listen to this fucking letter that Rick George – wrote and then it was all over the news all over social media and obviously people are talking about it this is like a an, an affirmation that he is just giving up it's all in just like i'm all in um i mean we're if you think yeah that's the carl durrell interview that that's that's not the letter did you find uh, the letter, the letter right here i know our yeah the disappointed we just disappointed yeah. we're not trying to do these things unfortunately that's part of the game durrell explained to the media okay that's Where's the letter at? 
so the this letter that they wrote is essentially and and i i don't know travis did you find it i'm i'm, I'm getting it now yeah so travis will find the letter but essentially rick george fucking wrote a letter to the whole entire fan base and all the alum yada 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 apologizing saying that look we're sorry and we know this is not up to the standard and we're just dis we're just as disappointed as you are and we're doing everything humanly possible to fix it and please please show up to the conference opener and fill Folsom so we can go beat UCLA who's 3 and 0 and Colorado has been outscored the most point differential since 1890 when they started the fucking program okay so I think that this letter that he wrote is is there it is right here. There it is. It right is yes, read that shit, dog. Read it and Let tell me, tell me that if your fucking head doesn't explode. There he goes. All right, but look, the 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 letter essentially is him apologizing to the entire Buffalo country, and I think it's an affirmation of the this guy totally being in over his head and Carl Durrell being in over his head. And, and look, we're the same age, coach. You, you've seen Colorado at its heights. Do you think that Nebraska and CU will ever recover from the, the conference realignment and now being at the depths of both the Big Ten and the Pac-12? No, they hire, they hire the wrong folks, man. I think, I think it's possible. Like, I, I truly think if you hire the right person, it's possible, even in this wild, wild west, landscape that we are currently going through with this NILs and, 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 and their lack of with Nebraska and Colorado not wanting Annie up. We know the real deal. That's why they lost Tucker. Um, did, why did they hire Darrell, though? Is it because I, Tucker it, left, an African-American coach left, they wanted just to say, fuck it, let's hire him? Because Darian Hagan, I speak to all the time, good friend of mine. We're, I'm wondering, like, why did you go after Darrell when it was a band-aid for a bullet wound, you get him out of the NFL. He was sitting around actually, and he had mild success at UCLA. Um, I'm very curious because Carl Durrell had no his son, but he had no uh, he had no real tie with the organization with the with the with the current landscape there. And the no, none. I mean, he he coached there in the '90s. Yeah. Uh, under under New Heisel, and then he's yeah. Rick George's friend. That's look. That's how he got the job. Yeah, that's how they Period. get hired, dude. And it's like unbelievable that we're still doing this shit. Like like, why are we hiring guys that don't have a fucking thumbnail or a heartbeat of what's going on on the landscape at the college? Because we're hiring search committees. We're hiring yes. all these different folks. Or it's just, it's, it's good old boys. It's like, oh, he's my friend, so I'm going to hire him. Listen to this. Listen to this. Rick George statement in his, in his letter. Like all of you, I've been disappointed to watch our football team struggle this fall, most recently yesterday at Minnesota. That wasn't a struggle. That was a 49-7 to absolute ass beating where they were totally outclassed. I know that our coaches and our student athletes are capable of so much more and that all of you deserve better results. I want you to know that I hear you. I recognize and understand your disappointment, frustration, and perhaps even anger. Perhaps even anger? Yeah, I'm pretty fucking mad that you could just say perhaps maybe I'm angry. <clears throat> we have not come close to meeting our expectations this season, and we own that. I know that Coach Terrell and our coaching, our coaching and support staff and our student-athletes are working hard to get us back on track, and we hope to enjoy a home victory uh, over UCLA to open the Pac-12. Regardless of your feelings right now on Colorado football, 
I encourage you to continue to support our tremendous football student athletes who need your cheers of encouragement and support now more than ever. Now, bro, I, I know to this, I know to the uh, society we live in now, that's like, there's a lot of people that probably look at that in soft ass boulder and they're like, oh, they're trying so hard. Well, let's make sure everybody gets a nice gold ribbon after the game. And even if we all show up and we cheer, 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 go see you. And they lose 55 to 14 to UCLA. It's okay. Cause everyone's trying so gosh darn hard. And it, as an alum and a man who, who I gave my heart and soul to that place. I love that place. I feel fucking disrespected when you, when you have this kind of letter and you put this out like dog, if I'm, if I'm the president and I know this guy, these guys don't give a fuck about the program, but that's, it's fireable to me. Like, how can you, how, how is this a good idea to put that letter out? It makes us look like even more of a joke. And I, I'm not just specifically talking about the players. I'm not isolating anyone. I'm not attacking anybody in Boulder. Everybody trying not to get all pissed off at me for having an opinion you might not like. But when you put out this kind of shit, it makes us look even weaker and more incompetent than we already are. What are your thoughts, Coach? I agree. I agree 100%. That letter right there was the softest shit I've ever heard, man. It might as well, ever? Might as well be Charmin and wipe your ass with it, dude. It's For up. real, bro. Like, get some dude wipes. Like what are you? What are we doing here? Are we are, we're, we want we want uh, sentiment to value here with this fucking shitty program that we're putting out on the field? I that is the norm right there. That is the administration yes. norm across the globe right now. One hundred percent. Any administrator. That's I'm trying so hard. Get off my back. You want results? I didn't get hired for results. I'm here to make sure these guys graduate. What the, the fuck? By the way, these guys have PhDs and masters. You're supposed to be smart. Yeah, you're supposed to be fucking smarter than the normal cat doing a podcast. <laughs> and, and that's what I don't understand. Yeah, I don't get it. Like, you're a PhD. You want to hire a search committee who knows nothing about Boulder. We're going to go in here and we're going to find out, oh, this guy knows everything about Boulder. He knows nothing. He knows nothing about the current roster. He knows nothing about the current kid. And you wonder why when we fire coaches and hire new ones, why we get 30 cats to enter the portal. Well, look, brother, we've talked about this at length, and Travis knows this. Travis's son, Connor, was in my program, still is, was in it for years and is now at Michigan. Colorado didn't even fucking offer Connor. He didn't even offer him, and he's right down the street and in my program. So when you're talking about recruiting, like, it goes full circle is if you're this incompetent. Like, for example, I, I've got like 20 kids going up to Boulder Saturday to watch the game. And I hope they play well and all that shit. But UCLA is 3-0 and and rolling. And they got a pretty good quarterback. And Chip Kelly's not going to come here and lose again. The last time they came to Folsom during COVID, they lost 45-42. I know that's in the back of his mind. It pisses him off. Last year, they mocked CU at the Rose Bowl. I'd imagine they're going to walk into Folsom and beat the shit out of us, judging by what I've seen the first three weeks of the season, which have just been a disaster absolute disaster and yes the kids are playing hard no one's saying they're not but we have an extreme deficiency at quarterback an extreme deficiency in the skill positions and an extreme deficiency at the head coaching position because i think that the assistants can't even do their job knowing that carl Durrell's a lame duck head coach that's going to be gone and honestly if they don't fire him if they lose to ucla the way i think they do and they don't fire him after the game going into the bye week 
this letter, nothing else you do, Rick George, can save your job either, dog. Like, as a Buff alum talking to Buff fans, why would we continue to support this? I've seen tweets that they're talking about ban boycotting the game. Like, Colorado fan base, student body are talking. To yeah, they're, they don't. Like, people are talking about not going. Like, and just. And just completely boycotting the entire game. And I don't know if that's the right way to do it either. If you want to attract another good coach, you need to fill Folsom up and support. You cannot like the administration's decisions and Carl Durrell all you want. But I'm going on Saturday. I'm sending my recruits on Saturday because I want them to – I want I, like I sent you a, a, a video on Cole Crew, a, a quarterback from Broomfield. And I'm, I'm eager to hear what you have to say about that kid because he's got a Central Michigan offer, and I think he can throw the ball through the wall, and Wisconsin likes him. See, you should be knocking his fucking door down. Like, hey, this is the kind of kid we have to keep home. They don't even know about him. So it, there's a huge contingent of people in Boulder that are scared shitless of me and of people with opinions. And I've, I've like, tried to toe this line of, I want to make sure that, they, you know, everything's copacetic, and I'm trying to help at the same time, but – and turned a blind eye to the fact that they've become the worst power five program in college football. And that's not even debatable. Um, shit, man, who should see you go after for a head coach moving forward? What kind of guy should they, should they try and hire in Boulder? These guys need to go after a fucking guy. That's non-commercial. Nebraska, Colorado, uh, all these schools need to go after somebody that's, that's built up a small D three D two FCS Bobby Petrino would be a fucking guy I would knock on the door for right now if I was Colorado. Like, okay, why not? Like, this motherfucker is just, I agree. Should have beat Arkansas at, at an FCS school the other day at Missouri State. And he went after strong Juco last year, went undefeated, I believe, in his second year there after they were an absolute horrible FCS program. He's turned him into a national power in FCS. They almost beat Arkansas, which they should have, up 17 on Arkansas. That's why I think the college landscape so fucking watered down. If Missouri State's up 17 on a Power 5 SEC school, we have a fucking problem, Houston. But nobody <laughs> wants to listen to that. Nobody wants to listen to that to me on that. But anyway, uh, you know, why don't you throw your hat at the App State guy? Like, I haven't heard his name for any job because – it's App State, but he keeps going in and beating fucking Michigan and AM, and he can beat anybody, but his name don't even pop up. Like, I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm confused on why his name is. Everybody wants quick fixes, brother, and you know this. There is no quick fix. This is how it's going to work in Boulder and in Lincoln, and this is the way it just worked at Kansas. You had bad hires, and you continue to lose big, and then you make a good hire, and you lose big for a while, and then you start losing small, and then all of a sudden, something happens. Like, for example, last year, does everybody remember that Kansas played Oklahoma? They were up on them at the half, and then Caleb Williams went off. They lost by six to TCU. They lost by six to Baylor or something like that. And then they beat Texas in Austin. So it's not like – it's just like Coach said. He's picked them to win seven games this year. There was writing on the wall that they were going to be better. And now this year, it's all paying off, and they're 3-0, and and they're starting to win small, and then – they went down to Houston last week, a team that's going to the Big 12 and beat them by 18 fucking points, 48 to 30. So now they've, they've shown how to take a small school guy and build a program. If I'm in Boulder, I do not want to go after a, another ex-buff. I know Ryan Walters, the defensive coordinator at, at Illinois, is a, 
is a sexy pick in Colorado country, and I played with Ryan, and he's a great coach. But I, I want somebody that's shown that they can build the program as a head coach at, at a lower level and recruit and turn like a Missouri State, something like that. And that I really hope that Rick George dives deep into the plethora of college coaching because you know this better than anybody, Coach. There are so many fucking great coaches at the 1AA and D2 levels that never get a shot because of the commercialization of college football. It's just what we talk about. And they never get a shot to show what they can and can't do. So I, I hope that Colorado and Nebraska get back to where they were because, man, the middle of the fucking country is getting ravaged right now when it comes to college football. So what makes you matter? Continuing down the losing streak or losing $4 million because you fired the head coach before January? I don't give a fuck about the money. And if they care about money, then they deserve to lose. You're going to sign a huge contract regardless of if you're saying the Pac-12 or the Big 12. You're going to fucking sign a massive TV deal. The money should not be the, the thing that's holding them back. Fuck $4 million. They, I, the fact that they're content writing this letter and then expecting everybody to show up Saturday and just rah, rah, kumbaya. And I'm going to. I know I'm talking shit, but I'm going to show up Saturday and, and, and I'm going to support. But I'm not happy about this. This can't stand. And if they get beat down Saturday the way I think they probably will, then and then going into the bye week, they cannot allow this. They can't allow this to continue. And if they don't make a move, they are going to lose the fucking fan base, period. Let me let me I got to take this is why I disagree a little bit about the money. And I agree with what you're saying about fuck it, just pay them. But this is the problem we have. When does it stop? We pay Willie Taggart 17 million to fucking leave Florida yep. State. We pay $22 million for Gus Malzahn to leave Auburn. When are we going to say, okay, let's hire a fucking dude that wants to be here that we don't need to pay to leave and have to go out and fundraise a way to pay off his fucking dues like Florida State had to do to hire Norvell. So we got to pay these old guys off a tremendous amount of money. How far do you think that really is setting back the taste the sour taste of these boosters who really want to invest in the new guy, knowing, all right, this could be a two-year deal too. We got to pay this. I money. mean, I, so I think it's a, I think it's a problem. I think everybody's sour about when they have to fire a coach and pay him millions of dollars to leave. But at the same time, this is the business we're in, and so why don't my model work? Why don't my model work, Matt? Let's hire me. Let's hire Coach JB and Matt McChesney. We'll pay JB five hundred k for a year. And we got, because we got PhDs, we got to think outside the box, right? We're fucking president. Right. We got PhDs. We're hired for a reason, but I guess not. But anyway, we'll hire JB for 500K, but we'll give him a full salary pool of money just as our competitors have. So I can go hire Matt McChesney for 500K to be my old line yep. coach. I can go hire a DC and pay him 750. I can go hire a couple go getting recruiting running back coach, quarterback guy, and a DB guy, pay him three, four hundred thousand. So everything I'm going to do is competitive within the, the structure of the conference. And then we need NIL money too. So we've got to find boosters, that as well. Because that's supposedly for boosters only, coach. So we're not going to piss the boosters off. So we're going to go. And, like, and, and look, I, Colorado, they have this NIL page on Twitter. And I followed them and I'm just kind of watching. And they actually, and good for them, they fundraised more money than I did, I guess. But they got really excited about fundraising 5,000 whole dollars for the whole month. 5,000 whole dollars for a month. 
Let me tell you I something. I mean, yeah, you just rolled your – exactly, dog. They're like, hey, look how good we did. We raised $5,000 this month for the NIL fund. And Man, all the – I'm like, I'm sitting here like, god damn, dude. I, I don't want to give away – Small potatoes. I don't want to give away too much info on here, and I'll talk to you about it later off the record. I know one of your major boosters very, very fucking well. And he's well, we need we need to talk to that man because he needs loaded. to spend some money. He's loaded <laughs> and he's actually been on my show, bro. He's loaded. And I know for the right fit in there. I know, I know for the right coach, he would fucking break bread. He ain't breaking bread because he don't fucking like what's happening there. Oh shit, it's not even five thousand dollars. It's four thousand one hundred and fifty-five bucks and fifty cents. So wait, five thousand is your monthly goal? And they're only all they want to do is raise five grand. This is how small potatoes it is, Doug. And look, I'm a. It offends me. It offends me. That can't as be an, right. As no, an that alarm, has to be something else. There's no, no, that's for real. That's real. I swear to God, it's real. Like it's so real that I need to talk about something else before I burn my fucking house down. Wait, five. That's forty-eight. That's forty-eight dollars per scholarship player per month. Hey, but listen, I told so we can you go to the show, contrary to belief, people think all these kids are getting these huge bags. The average NIL deal is three hundred dollars. Well, so, it's still so we're still fucking two hundred fifty two dollars short. <laughs> all right. Fuck, man. The great Jason Brown joins us here on episode 11, Savage and Average. My man, Travis Jones, producing the shit out of this bitch as usual and asking some some really good questions today. Good questions, Travis. Um, all right, let's move on to the NFL and get away from college football and the amateurs. Let's talk about these pros. Um, right off the bat, T, where are we going? So uh, let's talk about what happened down in New Orleans with Tampa Bay and New Orleans. Tampa Bay goes into New Orleans, beats New Orleans, and, uh, you know, there's a little bit of crap talking, you know, uh, to Tom Brady and whatnot. And, uh, you know, his boys came to his back, but, uh, you know uh, – yeah, let, let's talk about that a little bit. Are, are we uh, are, are we playing a fine line here with uh, protecting Tom Brady, letting Tom Brady do things? Like, is he the royalty of the NFL? or, or Yes, he's gonna... the royalty of the NFL. And they're lucky that Ryan Jensen wasn't there because he would have fucking DDT'd Lattimore's head off the ground. I know that Coach Jason is going to say they're selfish, but if you step to my quarterback, I'm going to go fight you. And these two teams fucking hate each other. And yes, it's selfish to get suspended, but it also sets the tone, man. I mean, they, they hadn't beat new Orleans in the last four trips in the regular season. And I, I don't know. I, after, after that happened, you saw Jameis Winston implode and throw three picks and Tampa Bay take off. So I think that they're the kind of team that feeds off of this. I mean, look, one of their best leaders, is a guy who didn't play in Ryan Jensen, who's been in my program for fucking 13 years and is a surly, mean, bad motherfucker. And, you know, he's all about that. He's all about this life. He's about that shit. So he's not a he's not a telephone tough guy by any means. So, Coach, what do you think about Tampa Bay uh, beating the shit out of New Orleans figuratively and literally? Okay, here's my deal. I, I think him getting kicked out is selfish for the reason that he got kicked out for. Now, yeah. I don't believe he should be suspended. This is football, a gladiator sport where we used to fight and punch people in the face mask. And we used to grab face masks and we used to just be getting a, it was a 15 yard penalty. That's what it was. We used to be able to fight each other and defend each other on the football field. And it was nothing more than some fucking laundry thrown on the, on the ground. Right. 
Nowadays, knowing that it's not that game no more, it comes from bowls to his team, in my opinion, which is a bad job communication. And this is what's happening now. We are in a targeting era. We are getting ejections. We are, can't hit the quarterback high or low. We can't fart on the quarterback in the wind and let us smell it, right? <laughs> so you can't do anything. So if that is being addressed on a daily basis, because you know these fucking cats are fucking dumb. Yep. You, you got to always talk to them. Well, then you wouldn't have Mike Evans, who I know personally. I know a guy that Coach Beatty recruited him to AM. I got a kid from AM during the same era. I've met the kid a few times. Great kid. I think he's one of the best top three wideouts in the, in the league. He's a fucking monster. And he's a good character kid. No issues off the field. He's, he, he was doing football shit, defending his quarterback. Yeah. Now, what I do call out is Tom Brady having a having that. I love I love it because he didn't go. If you lost the video, Tom Brady didn't go to start it. He was walking by, and oh boy, talked some shit. And Lattimore's talking shit. Yeah. And Tom Brady said, "Fuck you, motherfucker." And that's yep. why you want to see from your cue, in my opinion. Fuck yeah, that's the so, guy who I want to fight for. Fuck yeah. So I'm all in. I'm like, fuck yeah, let's go. Now, the push and the run out is just to me was excessive because it's like, dude, you know, you can't hurt a motherfucker in gear. And I always tell my players, like, you're going to break your hand, risking breaking one of your hands, tearing the cartilage in your finger, grabbing a mask. You got an open hand. Yeah, open hand, hand the ear hole. Like, you want to hit a metal face mask? Like you're not hurting the guy. Like so, so like why do it? Sure, it? it's fun though. You know it's, it's fucking it's, fun. It is. It is. There's nothing better than a football brawl. But that's why I'm saying, why are we suspending the guy? Like oh, because the NFL softer than baby shit, dog. Oh, dude, I I don't know. I don't think he should be suspended. I call it out as being selfish because the rules should be accelerated in our meetings. Like dog, you can't do it now. You're gonna be fucking us. And guess what? We're down Godwin. We don't have Gronk. Yeah, no we don't Gronk. Have, uh, 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 Antonio Brown's gone. Yeah, we don't have uh, Julio Jones this week. We have yeah. no wideouts. We had to hide. We had to go out and hire Cole Beasley from Walmart to get <laughs> to come into the pack, be on the practice squad. And now we got a little white guy that Tom Brady likes. Little white guy's a receiver. He makes some Hall of Famers, right? So he'll. He'll come in and get Cole Beasley. He'll have like fucking 21 catches this game. And everybody's going to be like, what the fuck? And so, so we don't have no wideout. That's why I think you fucking were selfish. That's the reason I say that. I don't believe Mike Evans is a selfish cat. I just think in this regard, you have to be smarter and knowing we have to play Green Bay this weekend. Yeah, that's a good call. And that, and that Green Bay game could be a game that decides the number one seed and either going to fucking Green Bay or going to Tampa, which in January – Folks, is a massive fucking difference. Um, I will say this again. Watching that video makes me yearn for Ryan Jensen being on the field, bro. If Jensen would have been out there, I bet you this. If Ryan Jensen would have been out there, I doubt this happens. Because Lattimore is not going to fucking – like, when Jensen's walking off the field, and that's one thing I would say to the O-line. Like, yo, he's the big dog's not there. So one of you guys needs to be in front of Tom right there letting him talk shit and just sitting there looking at Lattimore like, do you want me to fucking eat you your food, Lattimore? And instead of the receive, instead of our best skill player coming in and getting involved, that's why we're here. Tom, you just know what else? Fight, fight when they come to Tampa when Jensen's back. But whose job is that? Whose job is usually is that? You know who it is? It's Gronk. That, that's true, too. And See, he's Gronk gone as well. So. so Mike Evans got to, has to know Gronk ain't here either, which is 
gonna stand right there, and now Gronk is gonna stand there and look at you like a weirdo psycho he is and just laugh. <laughs> and you're not fucking with Gronk, so no. Gronk don't get kicked out, and you don't fuck with him, so there's no issue. But I, Evans comes out who has a personal vendetta versus Lattimore. They got oh, they hate each anyway. other, dog. So they got beef anyway, though you're asking for a horrible thing, so I don't know. I can't wait to see the, the fucking the Tampa New Orleans game down in Tampa at the end of the year. It's going to be a goddamn barn burner. All right, T, let's go. Comeback time. Yeah, let's talk about some comebacks. Uh, Jets over the Browns. That, uh, that Jets, 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 Jets. That one right there was uh, that. I can't believe how that went down. You got Arizona over the Raiders and then Miami over Baltimore. Uh, big talk about uh, Tua there. A lot of, getting a lot of hate still um with that one so what do you what do you guys thought think about which one was the best comeback over the weekend which one do you like first jay well i was driving from oklahoma state or oklahoma city to la in a matter of fucking it seemed like i broke land records but i uh i want i don't want to put my foot in my mouth i'm on jason whitlock show every monday now and I do this football breakdown on quarterbacks and i was like i'm not gonna put my foot in my mouth talk about tua if i haven't seen him play this year I got to go back and watch some film and everything I saw, it looked like a fucking cut up made for him to make him look good. Uh, everything I saw was like, fuck, he's, he looks much better than he did last year. So maybe this weirdo fucking head coach can, he's getting them right. I don't know. Um, but to a still though, if you break it down in a, at a, at a, a, ocular level, which is the novice fan, they see touchdown because Tyree kill is faster than every human on earth. And he is blowing by your secondary, and the balls are so badly thrown, though. And they're not breaking that down. These guys, Tyreek Hill waited twice like a punt on two of the touchdowns. That's how That's bad true. That's true. Blown, look, blown coverage led to six touchdowns. Yeah, that's how, he, that's how bad he beat coverage. The other throw was a fucking jump ball that Tyreek caught and spun out and went 70. So that was not a good fucking throw on time. And then the Jaseki catch was nuts. That's three touchdowns right there that yep. – we, and, and we can argue about 250 yards worth. So he threw four touchdowns in the fourth quarter. My biggest takeaway, Matt, is I watched the Vikings Eagles. I watched the Ravens, the, you know, implode against Miami. I watched uh, the Titans against Buffalo. Oh, I they got Rams versus Buffalo. I watched yeah. Denver. Um, the secondary play, Matt, is the worst I've ever fucking seen. How are you getting beat over the top up four touchdowns against Miami when you have Tyree Kill, who's the fastest, most threat in the biggest threat in the NFL? Not How just up either. Beat? They were up 28-7, bro. And How they lost 42 the so, How are you getting beat over the top in that scenario? In the NFL. It's, it's the it's lazy ass secondary players that don't know what GTFB means. GTFB, get the fuck back. Stop looking in the goddamn backfield. So I, look, the Arizona Raider comeback was fucking nuts. The Raiders were beating the shit out of them the entire first half. Kyler Murray went off in the second. And look, I don't know if Kyler Murray just having to beat the Raiders because they're the Raiders or whatever, but he showed greatness in the second half and. I'm interested to see what happens when Call of Duty when all that comes out. <laughs> coach, and then the coach, he did not do he, that. Was not greatness. That was backyard fucking. The Raiders yeah, so, rushed so, Matt Crosby and the D tackle. They rushed two guys, and they wanted this motherfucker. That's how bad they know he is. 
and they wanted him to sit back there and fucking throw a pick. And anyway, he's so athletically gifted. He just jitterbugged around for fucking 30 seconds yep. and score. I'm like, dude, this so that, is, he doesn't this have any joke. greatness inside that little tiny ass body. No, it is a joke. And it solidifies me more when he came back and won. It solidified more that I'm like, this guy's fucking horrible. He is horrible. He is not what is going to be sustainable in the NFL. Matt, let me ask you this. Is yeah. Lamar Jackson going to be able to run for 200 yards in the NFL in three years? Oh, I no. doubt it. He'll, he'll take tons of shots at that no, point. His body will be he's cooked. Not, he's going to lose his speed. He's going to lose his he's got, uh, he needs to learn. He's gonna, it, Same thing that happened to Cam Newton. He's going to take a ton of hits, and eventually he's going to have to play from the pocket, and it's not going to work. That's what I'm trying to tell people. I'm not hating. I'm just telling the, the facts of the matter is that's why you see these guys get if you get paid as a Kyler Murray, it's a shocker to me. I think they just set back their organization fucking 10 years. There's a reason Harbaugh hasn't paid fucking Jackson because they know this isn't sustainable in three or four years for giving him $290 million. Do you He's think that they'll let Lamar him. walk? Hey, Matt, if you watch the film, the corner walked Lamar Jackson, bro. He walked him. Oh, he caught him. Yeah, and, he caught him. And that's not something you see. And now we're wondering, like, okay, fuck, he's only 25 years old, three years in the league. He's already lost a step. So, like, what's it going to be like in three years? Do you think they let him walk? I, I have a feeling they do because I don't believe you can continue to run a program in the NFL and have all your quarterbacks the same. So all three quarterbacks, they got Huntley, they got McSorley, and they got him. Whoever comes in for him when he, if he gets hurt, they run the same offense. Yep. That is unlike any other NFL organization ever. Because you know you go from Justin Fields to Andy Dalton. You completely change you offense. change shit, yeah. And, and that's the NFL. Harbaugh is bought in. I am so happy to see that he has said, all right, we're, we're going to go all in on this one thing, and we're going to go in, and we're going to run the same fucking thing regardless of who's at Q. That's why they had RG3. That's why they had fucking McSorley. That's why they have Huntley. Oof. And I love it. But it's not sustainable. The NFL, you can't. You got miss wide open receivers to make. So unless unless he's what what guarantees him back in Baltimore and a contract, AFC title game or Super Bowl, that's it. Yeah, and, and I'm be honest. I said I said on Whitlock yesterday or Monday. Kudos to him because I think he's a great kid. I, uh, my buddy recruited him to Louisville. I think he's a high character kid. Well, he's and, a hell of a player. If Deshaun Watson got paid, it pisses me off to say that an MVP type of guy that's a great kid like Lamar Jackson don't get paid. That's what pisses yeah. me off. But that's the marketplace, right? The market's been set here. So that that side of me is like, fuck, pay the guy. The yeah. other side is kudos to you for banking on yourself, betting on yourself. I'm going to go all in. I got I know I got to be the MVP, basically. I know I got to win games. Yeah. And I don't have an agent. I'm betting on my fucking self. Kudos to him for doing it. But I think it's a big mistake. I think he needs an agent. I think he's 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 I would have took the two hundred million dollars and said, fuck it. I'm here. But that's me. He knows what he's doing and he's balling out right now. He had a great game. At least I saw him throw the fucking ball in the teeth of the defense for the first time in his career. He threw a slant route after the back cleared the backer. I've never <laughs> seen him do that. So people are like, coach. And I'm like, yeah, he threw a fucking slant that we throw in high school for the first time. And he's in a fucking four years in the NFL. That's how bad he is. But you guys all think he's the freak of nature. I get it, but he's not a good quarterback. Well, he's definitely a freak, but he has a lot to work on as a quarterback. That's that's for damn sure. I will say this. If he hits the free agent market, they are somebody's gonna fucking break him off 
yeah. big time to come play quarterback for him. And I don't know who that is, but there's a lot of people in the NFL that would love to have Lamar Jackson. All right, so uh, moving on here to Detroit. What we got, T? Yeah, so uh, Detroit beats Washington 31-25. And I'll tell you what, I, I, I watched the, the whole uh, – uh, you know, NFL hard knocks and everything like that. Dan Campbell's got something going on there. Is Detroit a playoff team? Is Dan Campbell going to bring Detroit into playoff world? They're the seventh seed in the AFC and the NFC. Yeah, they are. You said no. You got you got you got Detroit in the playoffs. Seventh seed. The NFC is weak as fuck, bro. The NFC is terrible. They could be nine and eight and be the seventh seed. No way. I I love what <laughs> I love what's going on there. Hey, I love what's going on there. I watched the Hard Knocks thing. I, I know a few of the coaches, obviously, former NFL guys. He hired the correct staff. And Matt, I think Matt believes that, too. He hired the right Oh, yeah. Staff. You can't get I love Danny Campbell, staff. man. He's got him rolling. You cannot hire a better staff for a town like Detroit, for a, for a, for a culture like Detroit that you're trying to build. You couldn't have hired a better staff, in my opinion. Now, having said that, so what holds them back? They've scored over thirty in back-to-back weeks. They look they look good. Goff, and the defense is horrible. I yeah, just, the defense you know, is bad. I just broke down yesterday the the whole. I gave I gave that conference I think a C minus grade. Uh, you know, you got Green Bay at one and one. You got Chicago at one and one. You got Detroit at one and one. Detroit's giving up sixty five points. They're second behind Arizona, who's giving up sixty seven points. Um, They've scored 59 points, so that's good. But golf is not a guy that's going to continue to bring you back uh, in crunch time. And if you watch the games, Matt, Philly had them handled, and they came back in the fourth quarter. You know, as I know, in the NFL, you give up ass late. You saw Baltimore do it. You saw the yep. Raiders do it. And you have to have that focus. Again, that's why I don't believe Josh McDaniel is a head coach. He should never be a head coach. He should be castrated from being a head coach. So should all <laughs> Belichick's assistants. Belichick has yeah, – I agree. Won. I agree with that. Belichick has to have an assistant win a fucking game. Like he's – Bro, I played, I played for nothing but Belichick's assistants, and they all tried to be Bill. All, I, we played for, I played for Mangini, and it was like playing for a little mini Bill. He would get up there with his chew – and roll his fucking the the whistle on his finger and get up there and just act like a total prick. And it doesn't work unless you've got major rings, dog. Unless you can fill up a hand with Super Bowl rings, you can't just get up there and disrespect motherfuckers like that. It don't work like that. You want me to play hard for you? Watch out, guys. Yeah, it's it's there. It's a joke, dog. <laughs> Romeo Cornell. I mean, you name a guy, and every and then I got these haters. Oh, Rabel played for a uh, Rabel coach. I said no, he didn't coach. You fucking idiot. He played. He for played. Bill. I yeah. said. And then, by the way, has Rabel won something I have not seen yet? Because I haven't seen him win fucking nothing. Oh, yeah, they're AFC two right one now. seed. Yay, he was the AFC one seed. He got fucking waxed in the playoff. So, like, I just don't get it. Um, the assistants are horrible. McDaniels, this is the second go-around good old boy network. Who you know, who knows you? And uh, he's absolutely horrible. They're 0-2. Well, they, the Raiders fucked up not bringing back Rick Bashotti. He he should have been the head coach of that football team this year, especially everything they did last year and getting to the playoffs yeah. with the whole Gruden scandal and, 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 and everything. And they should also take Derek Carr and bury him with his head out of the sand looking at the Vegas Strip, and he's fucking horrible. And everyone, You hate him, bro. You fucking hate him. how bad he so, is. Do you think Lamar Jackson might be a good fit with the Raiders then? If we're talking about him leaving Baltimore potentially? Maybe in Vegas, maybe. I mean, I would hate to take that good character kid into Vegas, but it is what it is. I mean, I don't know if you I mean they're gonna change their offense. You you think Devontae Adams is staying if fucking Lamar Jackson comes? Fuck no. 
No. no. They, they, I need a dime requesting a trade back to Green Bay, please. Thank you. <laughs> and and, and I, I'm, I'm on record. I'm on record saying Devontae Adams is going to have his worst career ever, uh, worst season ever. In the first, well, yeah, He's game, already having, through two games, he's already having his worst season because he, they're double teaming him and Carr's not Rodgers. Speaking of 0-2 teams. 0-2 teams. We've got Cincinnati, the Raiders, Colts, Tennessee. Who's the most uh, disappointing uh, one, and who could overcome the, the start, too? Shit, man. I'd say the Colts, for me, are the most disappointing. I actually thought Matt Ryan was going to come in there with a great running game and, and an easy start to the season with Tennessee. It's mainly just because they were playing Houston and Jacksonville. I thought for sure they'd start 2-0, but again, they lose their eighth straight in Jacksonville this last week and got shut the fuck out. They looked terrible. Terrible. Fucking terrible. Um, so they're my number one disappointing team in the Colts. How about you, Coach? I got the Colts number one, too, because I picked the Colts to play Denver in the fucking AFC title game. I got Matt Ryan as winning the comeback player of the fucking year, and I got Russell Wilson in the MVP hunt. And they oh, both fuck. look shitty. They both look <laughs> shitty. But I'm not going to renege. I'm going to stay true to myself. I think they'll be able to come back. Um and bounce back. They got to get Taylor going in the run game. Where the fuck is this so-called best defense in the NFL, Colts? That's what I'm worried about. And you got to look at the thing. Let's look. Let's pump our brakes. It's week two. Everybody wants to fucking anoint. Everybody is the greatest thing. They all want to shit on the teams that have lost. It's fucking week two. And nobody's won a Super Bowl after week two in the history of NFL football that I know of. And Matt Ryan had no Pittman. He had no fucking tight end. He had a, a limited running game, and they only gave him nine carries. Is Taylor Hurts or something? Because I have yet to I don't see know him what's get going over on 10 there. Why has he not gotten over 10 carries this year? And uh, why, I have no idea. And he's not he's not getting carries, and they're also not throwing him the ball. It's like it's like Frank Wright looked at Matt Ryan. He's like, shit, we're just going to start throwing it all over the yard, but we don't have our best receiver. <laughs> so this, this team is built around running the football and playing defense. Matt Ryan came there. Because he doesn't want to be the fucking focal point of the offense anymore. He wants to hand the ball off and throw deep, deep play action shots. Play that action, coach. You got to get exactly. Matt Ryan play passing and boot waggle because he's not Tom Brady where he can sit in there and throw to 10 different all-star receivers. He has to fucking run play action, naked, naked, just like Matthew Stafford does, just like a lot of these other guys. Golf has to do the similar thing. You got to get him on the edge. He's too stiff to sit in the pocket all day long and sit there like a fucking sitting duck. Well, what about Cincinnati then? Cincinnati's 0-2. Burrow looks terrible. They look like the Super Bowl hangover is real. They went out and spent all this money on the offensive line. He's still getting his, his shit pushed in every Sunday. Is it Joe Burrow holding the ball and trying to force it and be too big for his britches? Or was last year kind of like a fluke? When they were 7-7 seven and seven and they beat Denver in Denver 15-13, they went on a run and went to the Super Bowl. Is that some lucky shit? And we'll never see Joe Burrow again in the Super Bowl? I don't know. I said it this year. I said this is really his second year. Let's 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 calm down. I said he's gonna have a sophomore slump. I said it two months ago on my show. I think he's gonna have a sophomore slump. Zach Smith came on and said he thinks he's gonna ball. And I said, no, I don't think so. I think he's gonna struggle. And I think the, the Bengals are gonna struggle. I actually picked the Bengals to go to Super Bowl last year back in May to play the Rams. I picked the Rams to win. It's on record, so I had the receipts for Matt um to understand that. Uh receipts, bitch. I want a lot of money, uh, but you know what? I said they're going to struggle this year. I think they're going to struggle. It, they have all the, you know, you know how it is, dude. NFL figures people out, and that's why yeah, they got tape. 
And, and, and the problem is when you have a Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, guys like that, it takes a few years because they're so dynamic athletically. When they escape the pocket, the defense moves, wideouts find holes. You can throw over the top when you're loading the box in the run game versus a guy like Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson, who they know you will, ain't going to beat you with his arm. So we got to load the box. And then guess what? He throws 70-yard bombs over the top, and that's what they're good at. They throw the ball deep because that's what they fucking practice in the offseason. And it's unbelievable. They don't practice throwing digs, hitches, slants. It's like, fuck, dude. But anyway, having said that, I think uh, I think the Bengals are going to struggle this year. I think uh, the NFC, the AFC North, I've given them a D minus grade. Um, the Ravens are oh, one and one. Uh, yeah, that, that, that the black and blue conference is, is bad. I, you know, the Raiders, the Bengals, um, the, the, Titans. Teams, the Titans. I, I, I've said all those teams are going to struggle this year, and I think they are, except the Colts. I think the Colts are going to come back. I think they're going to be fine because of their teams built that way. I'm hoping they are. I'm going to stick to my guns. Um, I just haven't seen it yet. And sometimes, as you know, you get a new cue, you get some new verbiage, you get some new ideologies. But the bottom line is Frank Reich better tie them fuckers down and get together and say, all right, what's going on? Player, an MVP, defensive MVP candidate. Um, so they're missing some things. Um, but I think Matt Ryan's as a, a, a veteran who should have a Super Bowl ring, by the way. Um, their defense gave up 25 points, um, or that game's a, a he's a Super Bowl champ and he's now one for center. So let's not bash them all together. Uh, he was in Atlanta for his whole career who really had two good years. So uh, it's not like he's been fucking, you know, in England. So no, I, I, I think Matt Ryan will bounce back. Uh, I think uh, the other three teams are shitty, though. I, I don't think you can toss the ball to Derrick Henry um, when he should be handed the football downhill. We keep tossing him the ball. He's losing. End of the boundary. What are we doing here? All right, Matt. so let's move forward here onto the Denver Broncos, uh, and this will be our last segment here today uh, on Savage and Javits. Thank you so much to, Re- to Rico's Burritos and the Colorado Center of Functional Medicine for all they do and supporting the show. Um, Broncos win 16 to nine back to back weeks of storing 16 points. Um, Hackett is dog. I'm trying to be nice. I'm just not nice. This dude's in over his fucking head. He doesn't know what he's doing. He has no semblance of like how to use a timeout. He doesn't know where he's at on the field. He's been watching football from a box for too long. He's not, he's not on field level anymore. He hired all of his buddies. Like, is this experiment going to fucking blow up before it even starts? Because they play San Francisco this week, and San Francisco's done with the Trey Lance experiment, bro. They got Garoppolo in now, and now they're actually going to play football. Um, I think the Niners are going to beat the fuck out of the Broncos on Sunday Night Football, homie. Ooh, um. Uh- I'm hoping that Denver gets it going. I picked Denver. I got him. I got him. I got him. Fuck. I hope they get it going. Uh, same time. Trey Lance did not scare me as a Ram fan. I'm like, now Jimmy G fucking scares me as a Ram fan yep. because he's a 72% NFL winner, which is an all time high. Him and Russell Wilson are the two winningest fucking quarterbacks through 10 seasons, by the way. People don't want to look at that. Um, the Trey Lance thing was a joke he's going to be out another year. So he really hasn't played football in four years, but we want to pay this motherfucker. It's unbelievable. So Jimmy G is, is this is what I was going to talk to you today about too, Matt perseverance, man. I'm so happy for Jimmy G off the, off your oh, huge. Hey, cause, cause it shows the youngsters, man. If you fucking stick to something, um, 
You never know what's going to happen. And now this motherfucker is back in the saddle. And 77% of the transfer portal kids who leave, 6,600 kids in the portal, 77% of them leave because of competition. They lost the battle to start. Yep. And you know what happens? 77% of the time, the starter that they leave for gets hurt. Hurt or you know, doesn't play sitting, well. You're yep. sitting in a portal and you could be starting, but we have Football no perseverance. And no perseverance. So no tough skin. So I like that Jimmy G stuck there and didn't demand a trade like all these other bitch made cats are doing. And I love the fact that he did that. Um, so I, I don't know. I hope Denver can figure it out. But 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 Frisco is setting their ways. I think Cal, uh, Shanahan's going to get it going, too. So that's an interesting one. I, I don't know. I mean, what I want- do you think about Hackett, though, now with the with the timeouts and the fucking the, the inability to run a four sound play? And like, is, is this cat? Is this what? Is it fireable already? Uh, man, this is the thing I'm going to talk about on this. I mean, he's a, this is the national joke two weeks in a row, and now they're on national TV again Sunday night against a veteran coach in Kyle Shanahan who is going to go out there and know that he can fuck with Hackett just mentally, Not a, a, let alone the teams are better. I'm going to say this. The shit you showed me, I almost spit up my coffee driving from Oklahoma City. He ran Wasn't speed options, trick play on third and one. Uh, yeah, to a tight end. He he he's clearly wasn't the play caller in Green Bay, even though Aaron Rodgers defends him. I think Aaron Rodgers liked the guy. He might be a great guy. Yeah, but I'm the sure bottom they, line I'm is sure they listen to music together and smoke dope. It's awesome. We yeah, we know head coach, we know the head coach. The floor is the fucking OC. So and Aaron Rodgers, probably, right? Yeah. So 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 having said that, like this look, guy look, Aaron Rodgers made Mike McCarthy look good, guys. I mean, yes. fuck. Yes. We, we don't make this. We didn't do. So this guy's coming over here because of what his title was. And now you have a guy that's clearly over his head, like Josh McDaniels, like all these other fucks that we want to title. And that's why I'm, I'm so surprised in this guy that's in Miami Dolphins. I'm surprised the Vikings, the Vikings guy who's never called a play in the world, but everyone thought he was the OC for the Rams. He got exposed the other day as a head coach. So that's the difference. Head coaching is a completely different thing than a titled OC. And the novice fans just don't grasp the fact that NFL coaches, head coaches like Andy Reid, Bruce Arians, title guys to get them jobs. That's so. What do you, do you think you think Russell Wilson is better off with an established, old school veteran coach like a Pete Carroll than a new innovator? Like he, because he wanted this. He wanted an innovator, yeah. and he wanted the reins, and he wants somebody that he can control. And look, after the game on Sunday, uh, that I wasn't in the locker room, but I know a bunch of the media people that were here, and they were. Everybody watched Russell and Hackett have like a twenty-minute conversation one-on-one at Russell's locker after the game in front of the whole team, essentially, just the two of them. Yeah, and it was Russell dictating to Hackett what he wants and talking to him like. Hackett works for him and not the other way around. As the head coach, you better make sure your players work for you, dog. There better be some fear there. That's not your friend. So I think the fact that everybody's so friendly here in Denver makes me want to fucking throw up a little bit, bro. This is not going to work. That's why Bruce Arians has my respect at all-time high. He motherfucked the kicker. He motherfucked Tom Brady. Oh, yeah. That's what I do. That's what good guys, in my opinion. That's That's what good coaches do. Even, I mean, equal opportunity, asshole. I don't care what you think. Hate me now, love me later at the end. But I still love you. But this doesn't mean look, I have to that's show the same my, thing I say. My, I got to show my roster who's in charge here. So there's and no you, you're gonna like 
my room full of kids, you're going to love me when I send you to fucking Michigan or Notre Dame or LSU or Texas A&M or Nebraska or CU or UCLA. You're going to hate my ass at 5 a.m. This is the thing, though. This is a problem, too. Like, people don't want to realize, man. People don't want to realize you got uh, you got a lot of issues out there with, with, these, with these guys that are dictators. Look at what happened. Antonio Brown walks off the football field. If, Arian, if Arians don't do what he does, he loses the locker room. So – he still got to where uh, he was a play away from beating the Rams going to another Super Bowl. That's because the locker room bought in. And even though people want to say he's an asshole and all this, well, bottom line is he, he was the same asshole as he was with Tom Brady as he was with Antonio Brown. So, I don't know. That's my take on that deal. But, you know, it, it's, uh, it's good. Now Arians is getting, getting warned by the NFL for sideline conduct, even though he's now just an analyst to the GM. So, you know, it's pretty crazy. So, look, the Broncos are are a concern right now. They've got to play well on Sunday Night Football. It's a big game. Um, look, Coach, it was great having you on the show today, brother. That was so awesome. We definitely talked a lot of shit and, and definitely tweaked some nipples around the country for damn sure. And I'm looking forward to doing more of your shows as we move forward here if you can get YouTube back up. So, thank you so much for coming on the show, dog, and uh, we will talk soon for sure. I uh, appreciate that, brother. You know uh, it. To Coach Jason Brown, thank you so much for joining us here on Savage and Average. To our sponsors, Colorado Center of Functional Medicine, and uh, <clears throat> our friends at Rico's Burritos, thank you so much for all you do. Travis Jones, thank you so much for producing the shit out of this bitch today. And uh, remember, check out everything at Six Zero Football Academy. Uh, if you're a, a, a parent out there looking for opportunity for your kids, that's what we do. So let us build the bridge for you. Thanks very much, folks, and uh, listen in.